Hey, it's Bobby Bones. Hey, I just want to say thanks to everybody who has stepped up for the St. Jude kids. St. Jude's doing incredible work fighting childhood cancer. And because of donations, like the ones that you get, families never receive a bill ever from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, food, none of that. Help St. Jude stop childhood cancer. Become a partner in hope. Get this awesome new This Shirt Saves Lives shirt. It's going to look great on you. So join all the doctors, researchers, and me in this fight. All right, text the word Bobby. It's only six numbers to 785-833. Again, text the word Bobby to just these six numbers, 785-833. I love bacon. It's hard to find somebody who doesn't love bacon. All bacon's good, right? Yeah, but some bacon is next level. And when I talk about next level, I'm talking about right brand bacon. We had so much up here that... The guys on the show were fighting for it. Eddie posted a big case of it that he took home. Right Brand is the number one thick-cut, hand-trimmed, real wood smoked bacon. You just have to try it to believe. So, bacon lovers, do yourself a big favor. Go out and get yourself some Right Brand bacon today. It's time you experience bacon the right way. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hey guys, Bobby here. Sunday sampler time. So let's do some samples from some of the podcasts on the Nashville Podcast Network. Mike D's Movie Mike's Movie Podcast takes us on a journey of core memory movie moments that live in his head and his life. And then he also reviews the comedy Bottoms. Caroline Hobby talks with one of my favorite new artists, Tierra Kennedy. On the Bobby cast, though, George Burge stopped by the house. Love this dude. He talked about his first top 20 single, Mind on You, his journey to success, and a fun fact about his parents that I didn't know. George is a friend of mine. So let's get going. Here's a clip from this week's Bobby cast with George Burge. You're playing golf in college, and then, but when, when does music become an actual. I don't I hate to use the word tangible, but it, it starts to be a tangible thing again that you can actually do. It was the biggest surprise. Nobody was more surprised than me that that I got to play music for a living. So uh, finished college, got my degree. Um, I went and got a job in Austin. Um, they This company that hires a bunch of young kids fresh out of college to do, you know, busy work live downtown it's awesome and that was a cool culture because it was a bunch of people that were moving new to austin and i was the guy from austin so i was you know getting into all these people and taking them out and showing them the city and um i met a guy that played guitar and uh you know same thing i was like well we should you know start jamming and so once a week he'd come over to the house and we kind of jam together play mostly cover songs write a little bit and then um i'll never forget uh one of the guys that worked with us, his brother had just bought the Lucky Lounge um, downtown Austin and redid it. And they were having an open mic. And I went and did the open mic at Lucky Lounge and our whole office came, which was like... Oh, you played it. Why? Which was like 250 people because he was. they knew that I played guitar and they're like, just hop up and play two songs. So they kind of pressured you to Yeah. Do and it was, I mean, I was in like khakis and a button down shirt with like you know not so okay like, so you didn't plan this out way way ahead of time no it was like popped up on stage that night 
Okay, so wait. So when did when do you hear about the open mic night? That day, they okay. were like, "Hey, our our buddy's brother just opened the Lucky Lounge. She's gonna have an open night mic night. Tonight. Will you play? We're all gonna go down there. Will you pop up and play one?" So and you said, "I said yes." Yeah, okay, I said, cool. I'll, "You know, I still enjoyed playing. Like it's something that I've always loved." And so I popped up and I played two songs. What'd you play? Security. Um, gosh, I wish I could remember. Security. I hope it's security. Uh, it was probably security. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> but uh, then it was, you know, people were like, "Well, you should start doing shows." And you know, a lot of the people I was working with were encouraging me to, oh, to they pursue gave you it a little bit more, huh? which was cool. And um, so a few of us from the office started this band. We started playing and it was, we'd play Friday or Saturday nights at the Rattle Inn in Austin. Um, and that was it. How'd Never, you get the gig? Uh, cold called him. And said, we'd yeah. like to play. Yeah. What, what, what does that pay? Zero dollars. Yeah. Tips? Tip jar. Yeah. And by the end of it, they were paying us because we were starting to draw a crowd. Um, but then it became a thing. Every Friday night we were playing the Rattle Inn and it was sold out. It wasn't a big room. It was three or 400 people. But it was kind of a cool factor of like, hey, we're selling out this club every time we play it what was the sound um at the time were, were you guys doing covers? it was country oh yeah it was country and it was covers but it was like 50 percent originals yeah um had a steel guitar player had a fiddle player um the name of the band uh it was called waterloo revival yeah, yeah that's the first version yeah, of that that's the first version of waterloo revival yeah and uh the cool part was we all played for free and then we split the tips at the end of the night and uh we we started end up getting to take a cut of the door and it got bigger and bigger. And then local radio station kind of caught on and invited us to play um, Blues on the Green. KGSR? Uh-huh. And uh, so we went out there and played that, had a huge crowd. And um, I didn't know at the time, but um, a big label executive and a big manager flew in to see us play and ended up pulling us aside um, after the show. And... Uh, asked me if I wanted to fly up to Nashville to meet them. And this is all coming at me like a million miles an hour because I've never, you know, had any contact with a record label in my entire life. How do they know. know to watch your show or were they there to watch somebody else and then see you? So or? the guy that owned the radio station sent them my music. Wow. Yeah. Which was really cool. Bob? Bob Sinclair. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Sent my music to Scott Borchetta and TK Kimbrell. Yeah. That's correct. I mean, it all makes sense. Now, when I start to lay it all down in my head, yep. and that's how I know. I mean, I know Bob, too. Yeah. So, I gave Bob a burn CD with the one song that the producer agreed to cut on me in Austin. He was like, I'll do one song. I won't do a full record. And I will say that he put everything into it, and it was the best sounding song I had at the time. But I had one song on a burn CD, and I gave it to Bob, and he mailed it to Nashville. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Wow. So, when you talk about like less than 1% chance of any of this stuff happening and the stars aligning like they did. Um, I just like, I never in a million years thought that I could play music professionally. I, I did it cause I loved it and it was fun. But um, then people are talking about record deals and you need to get a lawyer and do you have a publishing deal and you know, royalties. And I have no idea about any of this stuff. Who are they looking at though? You obviously, were they trying to go, okay, Zach attack. We just want Zach Morris. Or were they going, we want the whole Waterloo revival. Uh, they came to me, uh, independently. And then I had a very close friend, um, that I wrote a lot of my songs with Cody Cooper, who was the part of Waterloo Revival with me. We were a duo. And, um, I asked if we could come to Nashville as a duo and they were on board for it. And so that's what we did. We signed yeah, as a duo to Nashville. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And that's about where I started to know you guys a little bit because Eddie and I, we consider ourselves from Austin, even yeah. though Eddie's from a different part of Texas and I'm from Arkansas. We are very much Austinites, like in our blood. And then you guys would come and we liked you guys. 
and we'd be like, oh yeah, they're from Austin. But I knew you guys had a relationship with Bob. Yeah. But I didn't know that's where all that, that's, that is wild. Which is crazy because he didn't even own a country station in Austin and Bob Sinclair, you know, owns stations all over America, you know, big, powerful radio guy. And, uh, you know, I ended up referring CD. He called me back the next day. He said, I've never called back anyone that's given me a demo before, but I think you might have something. And just from that phone call, I was like, I've made it. Like, we've done it. Like, we've taken over the world. I'll never forget. We were opening for Reckless Kelly the next week in Austin. And I called my wife after I got the call inviting me to open for Reckless Kelly. And at that moment in time, I was like, we are famous. We are opening for Reckless Kelly. And this is like, our lives have changed. Little did I know, you know, what, what, what uh, what the real path looks like. That's so cool. That's such a good version of that story. I mean, that version. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't know that. So wait till Eddie finds out your parents were Portuguese. Does he know this? Do you speak he Portuguese? doesn't No. Eddie and I thought we knew George. We don't know. That's, we didn't know yeah. George. Like we have hung out with George a lot. Like, I, like we are like friend friends, but I guess we're not. That's what the Bobby cast does. Man. Wow. It's a deep dive. Life ain't always pretty, but hey, it's pretty beautiful, thing. Laugh a little more, thing. Tight, tighten up your core, Said EK, you're kicking it with four things. With Amy Brown. Hey, it's Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. And here's what we talked about this week on my podcast. As we're trying to become a worry-free parent or a a worry-free person. Yes. I know in the book, you talk about uncovering the roots of our own anxiety. Mm -hmm. What does that look like? Obviously, it means we have to face some stuff. Yes, yes. I think I have a sentence in there about past hurts and present pressure dictate future fear. And I think we just get into the voices. Say that again. Past hurts, Mm -hmm. which we all have them. Present pressure, which I've never seen parents feel as much pressure as I do today. It makes me crazy. What do, you, what do you think is attributing to that? I think social media is a huge piece of it. And the families that we see that we only see their highlight reel, that whole idea. And I mean, honestly, I think parents are following too many experts, which is funny to say when I'm kind of putting myself out there a little bit like that. But you know what I mean? You have 30 different people telling you 30 different things. Of course, you don't feel like you can get it right. Yeah. Follow at Raising Boys and Girls on Instagram. <laughs> And also at Sissy Goff. Those are her accounts. You're the best, Amy. Oh, <laughs> you're y'all, so are, y'all are good experts well, to follow. But you mean, we're in there's the just when you're getting so much yes. information, it's overwhelming. Yes. All those things then spin us out into feeling like I'm not doing it right or my kid's not measuring up or there are all these things I have to be doing. I mean, even the whole there's that movement right now about you have 52 Saturdays a year and you have, you know, however many days in their life before they leave your home. You know, all those things. Are yeah, this is on? like one summer out of only 18 right. you get, Let's so make stop. it count. Yes, yeah, stop. Okay. Whoever's saying that, please stop saying it. Because I think it's just increasing the anxiety in all of us. Like, oh, I've got to make this time count and I'm not, I'm distracted for a minute or I miss something and just feels so like so much pressure yeah i've seen those and they haven't gotten like okay well (laughs) and maybe (laughs) it's because i became a mom later and my kids were older when they got here and i it took us five years to get them so Mm -hmm. i know i I, i'm thankful to have them right now yeah and i'll be fine when they spread their wings i'm actually excited for them to have opportunity that's why 
they came from Haiti to America right. was I feel as though that's what their birth moms want for them yes. is Maybe they want to see them have a, a chance yes. at something. Yeah. So I guess that's probably why those didn't impact me mm-hmm. that way, but I could see how those that's causing some, some pressure. Yes. But I love, you need to do one of those TikToks or do the video, the green screen <laughs> where you get in front of one of those videos and you're like, Hey, Sissy Goff here. This this video right here, don't fall for it. It's a trap. It's a present pressure trap. I'm not on TikTok. I'm not that cool. Well, Instagram. But yes, you can Instagram. do it as a, yeah. as a reel. Yeah. I know you're very okay. active on Instagram. I mean, you have, a, you have over 100,000 followers. Well, trying to help as much as I can. I mean, that just shows that's your credibility. That mm. shows the people that are trusting what you're saying and you deliver it in a digestible way. And that's why you have 13 best-selling books. And I know another thing that you touch on in addition to that we need to uncover our Mm -hmm. own anxiety and work through that is healthy ways to process it so we don't pass it on. What's one or two examples of processing in a healthy way? Okay, two I would give. One is I want every family to have a code word, just a word that means we're going to pause right here because they're in their survival brain. You're going to flip right into yours. I mean, parents say they're like to me all the time in my office, they're like a crazy person. And all of a sudden I was too. And so if you have a code word that is watermelon or whatever it is, that means when anybody in our family says that we're going to pause, we're going to stop and we're going to separate Even if that means we can't talk it out right now, like you said, we're not going to get to a healthy conversation when we're operating out of our amygdala. So watermelon, I'm going to go back to my space, think about who I want to be in this moment. And while I'm doing that, I'm going to take some deep breaths and whatever I need to do, whether it's square breathing, that's one of my favorite ways. I love breath prayers where we're breathing in a statement and breathing out a different one that reminds us of truth in that moment, even of who we want to be. And then... I am a good mother. Yes. I am capable of handling this situation with peace. Like That's Excel beautiful. Or beautiful. I, or maybe I have, I just haven't yet learned how to handle this particular situation. Exhale, but I am capable of doing it. And we're pausing until I figure it out. Yes. Something like breathing in. That. Sissy and Amy say, I'm a good mom. Okay. Yeah. I mean, just simple. And then square breathing is four, 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 four. Yep. Exactly. Or five, 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 five. Yes. Because when we do that, the blood vessels in our brain dilate and it shifts the blood flow away from the amygdala. That's the survival part and back to the prefrontal cortex that helps us think rationally and manage our emotions. So when we're all in the survival brain, no one's brain that thinks rationally is even working. It's offline. And so we can't get to a helpful place until we can calm our bodies back down. So Code do you, word, think, it's, pause, do you think it's more fun to have a code word, like you said, that's like watermelon or just can we just say pause or is there something cool about a, it's more unity team, we're a team, yes. we have this code word. Yes. Your kids are in on coming up with what it is. Maybe it's even a funny thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can definitely say pause, but. No, no, I'm I'm definitely going to adopt this because okay. at, at our house, we just say, hey, I need, I need some space. And my kids are now good at expressing that. Good. My son did it just the other day. He said, I, I just can't, I, I can't talk right now. I need space. And I was very proud of him. So of course I acknowledge that. That's very awesome. You were able to identify you needed that space, space granted. And you know, I, I, I walk away, but it, it would be way more fun to, to have, have fun you know, word y'all come up with. Yeah. Like SpongeBob. Mm-hmm. Yeah. SpongeBob SquarePants. Yes. I think one of the biggest traps for parents with anxiety is anxiety feels like good parenting. 
And so I've got to be vigilant because you do as a parent, but we cross over into hypervigilance too much. I always talk about it with kids like the one loop roller coaster at the fair. Anxious thoughts just circle around and around and around. That's how we know what they're anxious thoughts. So we want to start with calming our bodies down and then move to our thoughts because our thoughts are where we get in trouble. You remember the stop, drop, roll thing? Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. I want to say thanks for everybody who has helped with St. Jude. I mean, you guys are changing lives. You guys are saving lives. St. Jude has been leading the way to the world's best survival rates for some of the most aggressive forms of cancer. And I'm talking about childhood cancer. Your support actually means that families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment or travel or housing or food. So the parents can focus on uh, being a parent and helping their kid live. You know, I never had cancer, but I was in the hospital as a kid for a long time. And I just remember how difficult it was, how scary it was. And then I remember getting out and having to figure out how to pay the bill. I didn't have to pay it, but you know, somebody did. But St. Jude eliminates a lot of that. You can help St. Jude stop childhood cancer by becoming a partner in Hope. You'll get an awesome new This Shirt Saves Lives shirt. Join the doctors, the researchers. Hey, join me in this fight and visit musicgives.org. That's musicgives.org. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Let's do it live. We are the one, two, three, sore losers. What up, everybody? I am Lunchbox. I know the most about sports. So I'll give you the sports facts, my sports opinions, because I'm pretty much a sports genius. What up, y'all? It is Sizen. I'm from the north. I'm an alpha male. I live on the west side of Nashville with Bazer, my wife. We do have a white picket fence at the apartment complex. Soon I'm going to have 2.5 kids. And yes, sadly, I will die of a heart attack when I'm 72 years old. Here's a clip from the last podcast. It was very nice to get those new 56-degree wedges in the mail the other day. And so I decided, you know what? I'm going to go to the Chipping Green at the local Muni. Try it out. I roll up to the local Muni. Chipping Green closed. Ours? Yes. No less. So I'm like, okay, guess I'm here. Might as well play some golf. So I walk into the clubhouse, and let me tell you, they got new signs up at the local Muni. Beautiful new signs. Advertising and shit? No, no. Just telling you, oh, this is the front nine. This is the back nine. You know, just beautiful. It probably was confusing for out-of-towners before. Oh, very much so. So they they upgraded. I was like, all right, cool. And I was walking in. I said, hey, man, 
I would like to play 18 holes. And they said, oh, yeah, you can go over there. There's two guys teeing off right now if you want to jump in with them. And don't forget about the 19th hole. I said, no problem. So I walk up to the tee box. There's two guys about to tee off. And I stand there. They look at me, and I'm like, hey, how's it going? They turn back. They tee off. And they take off walking. (laughs) So you're saying you don't want me to play with you guys? Cool. So I stand there, and this guy walks up. He's like, hey, you want to play together? No problem, dude. And he's like, what's your name? Gibbles. What's your name? Reggie. All right, Reggie, let's play some golf. He goes, I'm new to golf, but I've got the itch, man. I I, I just got my clubs downsized because I bought them. They were a little too tall, and I was hitting them too far. I was hitting them way too far. Shut up. And I'm like, here we go. We got this again, right? We got the, I hit it too far. I had to get smaller clubs. Like, I was cool. He was just letting me know that he hits it a long ways, and he just started golf. So I'm like, all right, Reggie, let's see what it's all about. He steps up and whack. He whacked the out of it. He whacked it. Was it uh, par three or par four? Par four. Yeah. And he hit it pretty far. So he could hit the ball far. I, I noticed as we played, I was like, dang. He was like, yeah, I think it, it was, it was uh, I played tennis growing up. So I think my tennis swing really helps with the golf swing. <laughs> what is he, Andy Roddick? I said, okay, that's pretty cool. Um, Then it got weird. Because <laughs> we're walking. We're both walking. and Whoa, no cart? No cart, man. It was like 80 degrees, a little breeze. It was a great day. Yeah, me and Boomer, we always go cart. I know. And we're walking between the second and third hole. And he says, so what's your favorite movie of all time? Oh, God. One of these guys, no personality. And I said, oh, you know, whatever. I don't know. I, Braveheart. <laughs> no, please tell me we're not having this conversation. He tells me, oh, man, my favorite one is, what did he say? He said, um, Step Brothers. I would hope you don't remember. Step Brothers was his favorite movie of all time. <laughs> He's like, oh, that's cool. You know, tee off on number four. Hey, that's my blanket. Hey, that's my bunk bed. Step yeah. Brothers. Yeah, don't play my drums. <laughs> Don't play my drums. Great movie. Great, fantastic movie. Did you hit him with a quote? No, I didn't hit him with a quote. I was just like, all right, cool. And then he's like, man, where's the best vacation you've gone on in your life? Oh, no. What is this, an interview? I think it might have been a dating interview. Because I'm starting to think this dude's like trying to get to know me, get to know me. Oh, so it was Red Jay. I don't know. But he's asking these questions. I'm like, huh. And I mean, these questions continue through the night. What do you mean like, do I oh, have a popper? Are there any dreams you haven't accomplished yet? No. Yes. I would have refused to answer that one. <laughs> Next question. Ask me if there's any dreams I haven't accomplished yet. You should have told him I'm just here so I don't get fined. And he was excited about taking up golf because it's keeping him out of the bars. He's been going to the bar too much, uh, so this is better. Recovering alcoholic. That's what it kind of sounded like. And he asked me, so, like... Well, good thing I wasn't there with my Mickeys. That's not going to help with his problem. No, it wouldn't have helped. He's riddled with an addiction. But he was ripping the (laughs) the cancer sticks. Vaping, no less. No, cancer sticks. Oh. (laughs) 
and he asked me, do you think your life is a success so far? Like, what in the... Oh, man. Dude, this is not a relaxing day on the golf course. And I'm like, this dude, I don't know. He might be hitting on me, he might not be, but he is trying to get to know me way too well. But what did you answer? Well, I just was like, I guess it's going pretty well, man. Uh, (laughs) Then we're walking to number nine. We're walking to the tee box at nine, and he asked me, so do you ever go to Broadway? He goes, it's just crazy down there. I don't really like Broadway anymore. Never heard of it. And I said, man, I got three kids. I don't really have time to go to Broadway. Damn right. And I think that turned him off. Because after nine, he goes, I'm going to head into the clubhouse, man. I'm done. Oh, so that was it. We were only halfway through the podcast interview. And I was like, oh, okay. Interesting. So was he getting to know me? And once I mentioned my kids, he was like, oh, I think I may play another nine, but uh, I'm going to wait for my buddy. Oh, you think that's what stopped it? I think that's what stopped it because it was on number nine that I said, oh, I have three kids, man. That, I, I'm just too busy to go to Broadway. And that was it. So then I go to the back nine, and this guy pulls up in the cart. Red J? No, not Red J. This was Henry. Derek? Not Derek. And Hunter? Nice guy. Very quiet. He drove his cart. Fine. Did you guys cart together? No, I walked. Oh, because sometimes they make you double up in a cart, and that's where I draw the line. Yeah. I bought the cart. He's not getting in my cart. I don't know him. I don't want to spend the next four hours with him because I don't know him. I but, rented the cart. But, I get it, Marshall. Back off. But Red Jay, me and him, we got to know each other even without the cart. So, I mean, didn't matter if we are in a cart, no cart. That's when you almost want to purposefully duck hook it. So this guy, Henry, was quiet, didn't say much. Perfect. But then we get to a par three. I tee off. He tees off. He grabs my crank. I walk all the way up to the green. I look back. He's still on the tee box. Well, didn't you wait for him to hit? Yeah, he oh. already hit. His well, ball's up on the green. Start walking, boy. He's driving. Drive. I don't give a damn. He is walking all over that tee box. I chip on, put it in for a bogey, two putt. For a bogey. Unnecessary for the story. And I look back, and he's still on the tee box. And I'm like, what is this dude doing? Here we go. Welcome to the local Muni. And I mean, it's been six, seven minutes since we've teed off because I've walked all the way down, chipped on, two-putted. You know what I mean? Like, I've done it all. I already know. The last guy was an alcoholic. This one's a pillhead. No. He drives up, and he goes, man, I don't know where my tee went. I was looking. I couldn't find it. Go on this thing called golfgalaxy.com and order more. Or dicks. He spent a total of 11 minutes looking for his tee that cost three cents. I hope there was nobody behind you guys. Nobody behind us, but I hit, walked to my ball, and he comes driving up. Man, I just couldn't find it. Yeah, guess that's a goner. Well, I'd like to have him and Nam. He'll never leave a man down. I, <laughs> dude. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Caroline, it's time for Caroline. 
Hey, y'all. It's Caroline Javi. I am so excited about this week's episode of Get Real Podcast with Tierra Kennedy. She has always been destined for greatness. She was born to be seen. She's practically the next Beyonce. She's known she's wanted to be a singer since she was little. We talk about all the sacrifices her parents made to help her achieve her dreams. Her whole family moved to Nashville from Alabama. She started singing when she was nine years old to only her parents in the crowd. And look where she is now on the Grand Old Opry stage, chasing her dreams, opening up for people that she always loved. Tiara is truly an American dream story come true. And this episode is so great. Check it out. You're just a bright light. Everyone has their own gifts and everyone has their own unique, special, wonderful things that they're supposed to share with the world. But like you're supposed to be seen by the world. Thanks. I mean, I try. I try to be happy on a daily basis. Um, How do you manage that? I try to be happy on a daily basis, too. Sometimes I really (laughs) fail. I liked that you put a crying video up one time and you're like, if you're having a crappy day. That honestly, that was so hard for me to do because I was literally having you're in the middle of the cry. Yeah. Yeah, and you know I hate those videos where like you see people crying and it's like, okay, did you set up a camera and like film yourself crying? But I just like, I never have vulnerable moments like that because I try to be happy. I try to, you know, show people the, the good in the world, but I do have bad days and my husband sees those bad days every day and I just wanted to share that because life's I not loved perfect, it. you know? I loved it. I feel like that's sort of become my mission is to show what's good and well in the world. Yeah. But also like overcoming and how to overcome and like when you hit that moment how do you overcome so I sort of like to start with like origin story yeah like tell me about how you grew up what was really great about growing up what did you have to overcome and then when did you hit that moment when you're like oh my god I am going to be a world famous singer yeah oh my gosh how did it all happen in your childhood so I'm originally from Birmingham Alabama and you have a song Alabama Nights Alabama Nights such a jam thanks I like (gasps) were you dancing with your parents too yes yes I'm like I want to be friends with your parents they're so fun um they actually they like kind of used to be like momager dadager at the beginning so you really are like Beyonce style here I yeah I mean listen I'm the next Beyonce (laughs) you are (laughs) I um yeah they like they were very involved in like my music and my career and now they just get to enjoy like the music and you know they let me do do my thing and um they just get to have fun with it so that's that's really cool and I love having them be a part and I mean they have been so supportive of my career from the very beginning like tell me about that when I told them I wanted to do music and be a music they put me in voice lessons, guitar lessons, and their kind of philosophy was like, we're gonna let you try what you wanna try. So I, you know, I did dancing, I did, I took acting classes and it just didn't work for me. And then I fell on singing and they were like full on support me, you know, in any way they can. Um, And so I started like performing around my hometown um, and I would do like festivals and I'd play at restaurants, literally anywhere I could. And I mean, some of them were so boring. Like I was doing like an hour set, two hour set and just playing covers. And I remember like being on the Buffalo Wild Wings patio, nice singing a set and like nobody was out there except for my parents, you know, and like that happens a lot. And they've just, they've always been there from the very beginning. How, um, what a blessing. Such a blessing. What are their names? Natasha and Howell. I was about to say mom, dad, but that's their name to me. <laughs> Natasha and Howell. Yeah. 
Uh, they're squishes. They're so squishes. squishes. Yes. Oh, you just squish into them. You have this like deep hugs. Yes. I love them. I love them so much. Um, and like even more so now that, you know, I'm older. I feel like you when you get older. Yes. What they, how much they love you. Exactly. And I'm gonna start crying. Like family love. It's just so special. I know. I know. And, you know, I know a lot of people don't have that. Like it, my parents moved to Nashville for me. Like really they packed up moved to Nashville seven years ago. And I i mean, a lot of parents wouldn't do that. You know? And you have, a, I know you at least have one more sister. I have two younger sisters and an older sister. And my two younger sisters moved here. With y'all. Well. Yeah. So or, were they on the on the train? Or I were they kind of like, what in the heck? Why are we moving to yeah. Nashville for Tierra's dream? Yeah, it was a little, it was a mixture of both. Um, like, I think we're from Birmingham and I love Birmingham, but like at the time it was a little boring, you know, we were running out of things to do. So I think they were excited for a change of scenery, but also it was like they had friends, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, but they love it now. They do. Yeah. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. I want to say thanks for everybody who has helped with St. Jude. I mean, you guys are changing lives. You guys are saving lives. St. Jude has been leading the way to the world's best survival rates for some of the most aggressive forms of cancer. And I'm talking about childhood cancer. Your support actually means that families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment or travel or housing or food. So the parents can focus on being a parent and helping their kid live. You know, I never had cancer, but I was in the hospital as a kid for a long time. And I just remember how difficult it was, how scary it was. And then I remember getting out and having to figure out how to pay the bill. I didn't have to pay it, but you know, somebody did. But St. Jude eliminates a lot of that. You can help St. Jude stop childhood cancer by becoming a partner in hope. You'll get an awesome new This Shirt Saves Lives shirt. Join the doctors, the researchers. Hey, join me in this fight and visit musicgives.org. That's musicgives.org. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Hey, it's Mike D from Movie Mike's Movie Podcast. This is a clip from my latest episode where I shared 10 of my core movie memory moments and explained exactly what that is. If you want to hear this full list, get a full deep dive into my brain when it comes into movies in my life, check out this entire episode. But right now, here's just a clip of Movie Mike's Movie Podcast. A core memory is a specific memory that holds some kind of emotional value in your life. They are the building blocks of what make you a person. I feel like as a human being, 
I can trace back several things to very specific times in my life. And these little moments that have, whether have been traumatic or been joyful, have shaped the person I am today. And I am going to take not my human life, but my cinematic life and share with you the top 10 core movie memory moments that have changed or altered my well-being or my mental state or just moments that I have not forgotten and have stuck with me in film throughout my entire movie watching life. I think even for me, sometimes it is easier for me to speak about my feelings when I can relate them to a movie. Sometimes I just feel like it's hard for me to open up about emotions or to express exactly how I'm feeling. But if you throw a movie in front of me and something emotional happens, I'm able to open up so much more by relating to that character and speaking about the film and speaking about their development that I, in turn, am able to look into myself and think, oh... I relate with that because of something I experienced. I think that is why I love movies so much. And I think at the core of this, that is why I do this podcast. Because if I didn't have movies, I probably wouldn't be able to work out all of these things inside my brain. And I think where I got the concept for this episode was from the Pixar movie Inside Out, which... The entire movie revolves around core memories and what they are trying to do for Riley in order for her to have the best childhood ever and look back on it with only these bright, colorful memories. And the entire plot of that movie is, well, not everything can be super bright and positive and joyful that sometimes you have to experience the sadness because it's all those experiences that really shape you as a person. So I think my list will reflect that. If you haven't seen Inside Out, here is just a little clip from that movie explaining the core memory process. These are Riley's memories, and they're mostly happy, you'll notice, not to brag. But the really important ones are over here. I don't want to get too technical, but these are called core memories. Each one came from a super important time in Riley's life. Uh, like when she first scored a goal. That was so amazing. So that is what I have for you. So I'm going to do these starting back in my childhood and working up to my adult life. So let's kick it off with number one. My first core movie memory moment was from 1994, and it was Mufasa dying. Scott! Help me! Long live the king. And even listening back to that scene now as an adult, it still very much hits me on an emotional level. And Disney did us all dirty with this movie, but I felt it served a very specific purpose to teach kids about death. Essentially, the worst thing that could happen to you as a kid, losing your father like this in such a tragic way. But this was the first time I learned about death. So to be a kid four or five years old learning about death through a Disney movie is pretty intense. So that is my first movie core memory. At number two, from 1997, Leave It to Beaver. And maybe I'm the only kid who was excited about a Leave It to Beaver movie, but there was a time in my life where I got really into 40s, 50s, and 60s television. And Leave It to Beaver was one of my favorite shows, mainly because everything in that show was so perfect. They had the perfect house, the perfect life, the perfect family. And I thought to myself, What would it be like to have a life like that? And then in the 90s, it got the movie treatment, which was a lot different than the original show. 
But there was just something so wholesome still about this movie that I loved. And I feel like this is a movie from the 90s that was one of my favorites, but really isn't regarded as a great movie from the 90s. But it came out in 1997. The core memory moment for me from this movie was the scene where Beaver gets his bike stolen by the bully. And he had this amazing bike that he got for his birthday. It was a red GT with the pegs and the tires. It was a beautiful bicycle. And growing up, I wanted a GT bike just like this. I think that was the height of this type of bike. They were so cool. And I just thought that if I had it, I would be the coolest kid in the trailer park. I was also a chunky kid, so I couldn't run very fast. But I thought if I had a GT bike that was so light and so quick that I could suddenly be the fastest kid in the trailer park, even though I couldn't run, I could maybe outbike somebody. So I think it was the appeal of the bike, but also the story in this movie of Beaver kind of being an outcast kid, the smallest kid, not being good at football, him lying to his parents. But the ultimate moment is this bike he's been dreaming of, wanting for his entire life, even though he hasn't been around that long. He finally gets it. Let's a bully do some tricks, and then the bully's last trick is to steal the bike. And I remember watching this moment on the big screen. It was like the first movie I ever went to see in theaters. And I think it was because of that, but also the fact that he had his bike stolen. I will never forget this moment. And like I said, maybe I'm the only person who cared about Leave it to Beaver from 1997. And maybe that's true because I couldn't even find a legit clip of this moment. It was just somebody recording their TV. But here is that moment from Leave it to Beaver. I got a few more tricks. Really? Cool. Can you show me? Yeah, sure. I got one you'll never forget. And then the entire movie is him trying to get his bike back. The other memory I associate with Leave it to Beaver from 97 was, like I said, it was the first movie I remember going to see in theaters at the Buffalo Creek 6 in Waxahachie, Texas. And this was back at a time where you had to call to hear the movie times. It was either this or the super old school way of looking it up in the newspaper, but I remember I would just call the movie theater. I still remember the number. It is 972-9, I'm not going to say the whole number because probably somebody else has it at this point because now that theater is gone, but you'd call the number. It would be the movie theater manager in this case who would record a new message every single week, and there was just something special to me about hearing the new movie out, the one that came out that Friday that everybody wanted to see that I'd been seeing on TV. And even though I didn't go to the movies a whole lot as a kid because we couldn't afford it, I would still call every single week to hear what was playing. But the core movie memory here is Leave it to Beaver getting his bike stolen. And that was this week's Sunday Sampler. New episodes out weekly. The Bobbycast comes out on Tuesdays. Four Things with Amy Brown comes out on Thursdays. Store Losers got a few episodes a week. Movie Mike's Movie Podcast. And Get Real with Carolina Hobby all up there. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review them. It helps us out a bunch. Thank you so much. Have a great week.
Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Canva is awesome for so many reasons, for your social media, but for work. If you're looking for ways to impact at work, Canva can help your points get across. All right, Mike, do you, what do we use it for? Like one sheets, if we're doing like a presentation, Graphics. Oh, it's awesome for graphics. Super easy to use. And that's the thing, too, especially with some of these apps, you think, well, there's no way I'll be able to use it. Well, me, because I'm a dummy. But even I can use Canva to make things look cool, right? Yeah. Well, you don't have to insult me and say yeah so quickly. Yeah, you can do it. It's awesome. So it's easy design, impactful Canva presentations, docs, whiteboards, videos. Start with a designer-made template, which makes it so easy, especially for me. Customize with your content. You can add images and graphics and charts. Start designing today at Canva.com. Design for work. The show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you. And how you manage them every day can make all the difference in the world. That's why everybody should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com.